0: to another Keelhaul Podcast. I'm your host, Captain Logan, and we've got a lot of Sea of Thieves news to cover today, so tie yourselves to the mast and hold fast. Ahoy there, pirates. I hope you had yourselves a good week and a good weekend. I know I did. This week has been exceptionally difficult to put out the episode because I'm going to be doing a review on the Sea of Thieves Athena's Fortune book. Now, you're going to have to bear in mind I haven't had to do a book report since the 90s, so... Considering it's 2019, that's almost 20 years ago, if not 20 years ago. I can't remember the last time I did it, but it was definitely late 90s. So forgive me, I'm going to be jumping all, uh, all over the place with this book, and I'm going to try and cover as much of it as I can. I might do this as a part one and do like a part two later when I've had a little more time to dig out some more notes and uh, throw stuff together a little bit better. But this book has been exceptionally good, and I can't wait to talk about it. So let's get into it. Now just to give you a fair warning, this is going to be a spoiler for the book. If you have not read this book, I do suggest you hold off on listening to this episode and any others that I give the spoiler warning for. That being said, hopefully you had a chance to read it. Hopefully you've had a chance to experience it because... I'm going to be kind of diving into different areas and adding speculation as to what's going to be happening in the future uh, with Sea of Thieves in the coming year, and kind of my thoughts on the, on the book as a whole, but... If you haven't read it, a lot of this may not make sense. And if you're fresh to the game, welcome. But you might want to hold off on this one episode. I'll be getting into the news as well as some other stuff coming down the line next week uh, with the next regular timed episode. This one's just late thanks to the holidays, thanks to family, thanks to me having to read the book and actually not fall asleep when I'm reading because I just, for whatever reason, it doesn't matter what book it is. It could be the best book in the world and I would still end up getting so relaxed. Enjoy it that I'm just like, I'm going to take a nap. And then I put it down and I take a nap and then I wake up and I read a few more pages and I get tired again. And then I say, I'm going to take a nap. So I put the book down and I take a nap and then I wake back up. And next thing I know, most of my day gone to cat naps. All right. So getting into the Sea of Thieves book, what is it? What is the goal of it? And why has it been so long since it took me to review it? Well, a lot of stuff has been going on in the world. We had the festival of the damned and shrouded spoils, and then the holiday event for the uh, gilded merchants uh, g- or gilded missions come out for the Sea of Thieves. So, the game itself plus life issues have been pushing this out more than I ever wanted it to go. I wanted to get this done a lot sooner. But what is this book? Well, to basically break it down, the Sea of Thieves' Athena's Fortune tells the tale of two different pirates and their crews, respectively. And it goes in different time frames until the very end when they actually meet up during the same time frame. Uh, It follows the story of Lorena, who is kind of an ambitious newcomer to Sea of Thieves. She, she stows herself away and travels to Sea of Thieves to kind of find her fortune, mark mark her, uh, or make her mark on, on in history and, and kind of become a, a legend in her own right. And it also follows Ramsay, who is the pirate lord, the first pirate legend in the world of Sea of Thieves, and has since been pretty much kind of uh, decided like you know he's he's going to build a world that will last forever uh, even with the rest of the world around them evolving. So when it starts out you kind of start out finding out who is uh, Ramsey. And in, in the very beginning, you start to learn that Ramsey is, for all intents and purposes, uh, a, a very lax captain. He, he has his crew, and his crew respect him, but he respects his crew, and they all, they all kind of follow him, knowing that he has uh, a plan in, in mind. And he's a really nice guy. Uh, he tends to... Tends to lean more on his friends uh, uh, that are his crewmates more than than uh, just having someone that he can boss around, which I think a lot of people can kind of kind of understand being out in the world of Sea Thieves. You, you have your friends and they're your crewmates, uh, but they're also your friends first. And if you're getting out there and you're meeting new people and you're joining random crews, then sometimes good friendships can actually form out of that. But it starts out with Ramsey, and he's with his crew, uh, Shane, Wrathbone, and Wraithbone. Uh, I don't know if it's wrath or wraith uh, i always called it wraith bone in my head when i was reading it but we've also got mercia and uh mercia is for lack of a better word his first mate uh they're they're not a couple but they are definitely well respected of each other uh, Mercia is essentially the one that kind of knows the most going into into different worlds. She's very into uh, understanding islands, memorizing them, knowing the knowing nature, and, and following following up with uh, information about stuff. And she plays probably one of the biggest roles in his crew uh, for 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 kind of following uh, Ramsey and making sure that his desires are fulfilled. Um, that are in the best interest of the crew. And then moving on to Shane is, uh, he's, he's definitely the quietest of the group. He's definitely kind of the, uh, the one that is most passive about, um, what's going on. Uh, in, in in fact, in uh, Lorena's crew, uh, there's another character in there who's, who's kind of the one that just gets stuff done and they don't really, uh, they don't exactly have much of a say in what's going on. They're just happy to be where they are. So Shane is definitely that type of character, but he's a, bun- he's a, he's a big tinkerer. And I really appreciated this because it was one of those things where it's like, you know, stuff happens in the world and you never really kind of think about like, okay, well, how do things become things in the world? And Shane is that character who actually kind of explains uh, why things are the way they are. He's the one that actually kind of starts creating some of the stuff in the world. And that was kind of cool to read about how some of the stuff that we have in Sea of Thieves right now is actually in the game because of Shane. Like, if we if we didn't have Shane, there's no way that we could uh, have some of the things that we have in-game. So it was, it was kind of funny to, to find that out as, as I was reading along. And then there's Rathbone, uh, who I, I attribute as kind of the—he's kind of the catalyst. For a lot of what's going on. Like the discovery of Sea of Thieves, going through the the, the Devil Shroud, discovering everything in coming back to tell the tale was mostly on Ramsey, but if not for Rathbone, a lot of what happens in the book would not have actually happened. In fact, we may not actually have Sea of Thieves as we know it if not for Rathbone. And not to say that what he did was good or bad, but what he did was selfish, and because of that, it pushed a lot of other people to do things. And that just kind of kept tumbling down the hill. You know, once that once that boulder got started, there was no stopping it. And as a result, it uh, it definitely it definitely changed exactly how the Sea of Thieves worked. And it's a it was a much interesting world when Ramsey was first in it because Ramsey and his crew of the uh, the Magpie wing, they were actually the first galleon to make it through the shroud. And that's to say that the The sea of thieves or 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 the the sea that they go to which it didn't actually become the sea of thieves until much later on uh when other pirates had made it back made it there and started plundering they started calling it the sea of thieves but it wasn't until um ramsey had gotten there with his crew that they found some of the islands around there and discovered that uh that there was there was a civilization that actually was there long before uh, they set foot on any of the islands? And whatever happened to that that civilization is lost to time. There's definitely a lot of uh, influence that are that are in the islands that they found, and and you can tell that there's a lot of stuff. As, as you sail around, and you're actually venturing onto a lot of these islands, you'll note that there are definitely signs of previous civilizations. Some some are a little more sophisticated than others. There's obviously a lot of worshipping going on with uh, different deities uh, or different creatures or spirits. And thanks to uh, Ramsey and Mircea, we eventually find out that a lot of the, the paintings that we find around islands are actually... Parts of the the world that are the strongest with magic, uh, and, and magic's just a loose term to describe the, the the mystical powers that are in Sea of Thieves. As any of you know, you can eat a banana and be satisfied. You can get health back from that. Things tend to heal quicker. Things tend to live longer. And stuff that happens in the Sea of Thieves is much more different than anything that happens outside of the Shroud. In fact, the Shroud is probably uh, the the insulator for Sea of Thieves, which would probably keep Sea of Thieves uh, as as preserved as possible, and and which probably explains why the rest of the world has progressed since then, and Sea of Thieves still remains one of the few refuges for the Golden Age of Piracy, or maybe even not necessarily the the Golden Age, but the beginnings of the Second Coming. Uh, and I'll I'll kind of explain that in a little bit. What I mean uh, when I talk a little bit more about Lorena and her story, but as we find out, Ramsay is, uh, he made it to the Sea of Thieves, and they made it back, and they brought a lot of treasure back with them. When they eventually came back, we find out that Ramsay has a good friend at a tavern who has always kind of kept a stool for him, uh, a place to stay, you know, a, a, a welcome, welcome arms, if you will. And he has a wife, and we find out that he loves his wife, but he is too much of a pirate to be able to settle down and that kills him uh, because he he knows that he's doing wrong and making mistakes to, or by his wife, you know, he, he realizes that he really should have been less selfish, uh, to, to make sure that he spent more time with her and to, to see him go off to the Sea of Thieves, uh, to, to get more plunder. It kind of infuriates Rathbone at this point because he, Rathbone wants treasure and, uh, Ramses is kind of lording it over the rest of the world's head. So Rathbone decides to, uh, hold it or to, to kind of set something in motion. And the first time they get back to the Sea of Thieves. Uh, Uh, He takes, he makes a copy of the the map that they used to, that plotted their course to and from the Sea of Thieves through the Devil's Shroud. And using that map, he's actually approached uh, Stitcher Jim, who Stitcher Jim and his crew were actually in the tavern during the first night that Ramsey had made it back from the Devil's Shroud, from the, from Sea of Thieves and actually uh, boasted their tales. That's kind of where everything starts Uh, that that night when Rathbone decides to make a copy of the map and give it to Stitcher Jim. And Stitcher Jim doesn't know if this map is good. He doesn't know if the, uh, the information is accurate. But what he basically does is he takes that map and then starts to sell copies of it. And he starts sending other pirates out into the Sea of Thieves uh, to see if it, if the 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 navigation is actually accurate. And then eventually they find out that the the map information is accurate and make their way out into the Sea of Thieves as well. <music> So, back in the Sea of Thieves with uh, Ramsey and his crew, there's a lot of time spent gathering treasure, and they actually go out and they loot and they plunder and they they deal with other pirates as they start to notice that there's a lot more uh, ships out in the Sea of Thieves. But because there's so many islands and so much treasure to be had, they, they don't really think too much of it, but they are definitely kind of annoyed that there are a lot more pirates out there trying to steal treasure, trying to steal. Uh, Ramsey's fortune, you know what he feels is his, and Rathbone is out there trying to get his his lot as well too. Shane is pretty content building and di- and kind of creating different things in the in the world, but they. They find that uh, there's a really good place to hide out in Thieves Haven. And Thieves Haven sort of becomes their kind of home base. You know, they've got a lot of their stuff stashed there. Not everything, but they, they do keep a fair amount of their favorite stuff over to uh, sea, Thieves Haven so that they can kind of use that. Because when they were first getting into the Sea of Thieves, things weren't easy. And uh, when they first made it through the Shroud, they had troubles. And they were trying to make it through a storm when they landed at an actual island. And that island ended up becoming or they, they ended up naming it Thieves Haven uh, and, and mostly because that was Ramsey's Haven from the storm uh, as, as thieves as pirates themselves. So that's where that name actually kind of came from. So with Thieves' Haven being their home base, they, they start to accrue and mass a lot of treasure. And they start to uh, notice that there are that the world is different. And Mercia has pointed it out to Ramsay. And Ramsay is definitely uh, taken note as well. They haven't really dove that much into it. But it isn't until uh, one fateful night when their haven... Thieves' Haven is actually looted. Uh, someone had managed to find their hideout and actually steal everything that they had in, the, in Thieves' Haven. And it infuriates Ramsay. It's it's uh, tremendously painful for him, for Rathbone, for, for all of the people, because they had most of their favorite stuff there. And this is at the time when uh, Mercia, who's starting to try and get a little more information about the magic that's belonging to Sea of Thieves, talks to Ramsay and says, you know, we can't stay here. We, we need to find another place. And Ramsey's like, no, we're going to go out to every outpost, to every tavern. And we're going to shout from, from the top of the rooftop that we are looking for the pirates who uh, stole all of our treasure and our things. And he tells her that, you know, this is going to be kind of the ruse. Uh, what I, what I want you to do is do what you do best go out there and find out information leads on this, on this, um, on this magic, because he's hoping to find a way to try and prevent people from being able to steal his treasure again. He wants to find a magical way to better protect his loot and that's when mercia uh after listening to tons and tons of stories and paying paying people for information he starts she starts to find out that there's an old lady who talks about a set of pearl earrings at the bottom of a shipwreck that are special and what this what it is is she she doesn't quite know but she knows that she has a map to it and Ramsay's kind of uh um you know he's kind of like i don't really know if i believe this but we'll still go check it out so they spend a, quite a while going around listening to tales, boasting about uh, how they're going to get the pirates that, that stole their stuff, and not really going out and getting more treasure because they're they're trying to debate, you know, is it worth actually stealing gold uh, from other people when it costs to get ship repairs and supplies and deal with, uh, deal with the damages of a battle? If you're not really winning, uh, you don't gain much profit. And if you lose, you lose everything. So aside from what Rathbone wants, which is to go out and get every gold Coin that he possibly can. Um, Ramsey is is kind of setting it against himself that he wants to actually stay in, in the mindset of, of protecting his gold. He doesn't want to fight other pirates as much. He wants to try and protect what's his and explore more of the actual world itself and discover more information about that. So following a lead uh, for the old lady to the shipwreck, uh, Mercia goes down into the shipwreck and has to deal with a shark and it's in, in, uh, in that story she uh, is fighting for her life to try and get these pearls but also get out alive without the shark killing her. And uh, Mercia and eventually wins out, manages to get away safely and comes back up and finds the pearls and, uh, or a chest, I should say. There's a chest that they have to take back and they take it back to a shipwright or no, excuse me, to a black blacksmith. And they open it up and eventually find this uh, information about these pearls and the pearls themselves, or actually, I, I think it was a map. It was a map to get the pearls. So they follow this map and continuing th- th- throughout this whole time, Shane and uh, Rathbone are kind of kept in the dark about all this, which is infuriating to Shane because he wants to be in on the conversation because they're a crew and everything should be explained with the crew. And the secrets are just kind of gnawing at him. And Rathbone is in the corner poking at him as well, too, basically saying, "You know, we should we should be in on this. They're not they're not telling us everything, and it's not fair that we're not earning any gold right now." And Shane is trying to keep some peace. He's kind of that that neutral party while uh, Mercy is trying to to unlock the secrets of about this and ramsey is uh fueling this by his desire to protect what's his uh by any means piece, uh, possible so as they they sail out they find this uh this this area that's unmarked but they go underwater and they find this underwater cavern system and then in the cavern system they actually find this kind of place this meeting area for uh the ancients and then the ancients would meet uh the ancient people i should say the tribes they ended up meeting a lot of what they found out were mer people and find these earrings they found out that the earrings are magical and they were crafted by the uh, by the ancient people the ancient tribes using the pearls that the mer people had found so they scattered these uh, pearls around the world once the ancient people had disappeared because the mer people didn't know what happened to the humans and because the humans were mostly on land they couldn't really go talk to them to find out what was going on but they know that the mer people just ended up or the, the the ancient people just stopped coming to the meeting places And they know all this because of the earrings that Mercia found that she's able to talk with some of the, what they they kind of figure is the royalty of the merpeople. Now the merpeople have been around forever and they've been watching the pirates come and go into the Sea of Thieves and they've been following them, but they've never really known what's going on with them because the merpeople are keeping fairly secret. Uh, Well, mostly secret. A few of them have gotten caught and that's kind of what leads them to go uh, rescue them from another crew. There's another crew that has actually gone out and captured two mermaids who were foolish enough to show themselves uh, to a crew, to a pirate crew. And the pirate crew saw them, captured them, and then were planning on using them in the real world as, a, a, you know, sources of income, basically like a, a commodity, you know, kind of King Kong from Skull Island thing. So with the the story that is told about the humans and uh, people and their relationship from the ancients, Mercy is able to understand that the Mer people have always been there and been friendly for the most part. They've always tried to help the humans on the islands, and they've been working as kind of a symbiotic relationship. And now that there's people back in the world, they're not sure how to approach it. But with the pearl earrings, Mercy is able to help kind of communicate that they're willing to help find those two Mer people and save them. They eventually come back up to the surface, uh, back to the ship, and that's when they kind of uh, don't really, they still have yet to come clean to Shane and Rathbone about what's going on. And this is probably the most infuriating because they've been sitting with these two down below in this cavern for hours. Trying to find out what the heck is going on, where they may be told to stay on the ship and have been kept seeking, kept out of the loop for everything, which is really unlike Ramsay to uh to, to not include his crew in on what's going on. So this continues to push Rathbone to the point where he's more disgruntled with uh with, with Ramsay himself. So as the story moves on, they find the 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 captured mermaids, and it's uh Shane and Rathbone that um, are, are pushed in to actually go save them. Uh, Ramsey and Mercia intervene halfway through the uh, the event, and they're able to take out the crew and the captain, who's been recently cursed uh, by one of the items that they found. They're able to save the Mer people, and the Mer people then explain what's uh, you know what's going on as far as um, the 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 old mother, and they they reference a couple things in the in the book that I think are interesting, and they kind of talk about it and explain what's going on. So back in the ancient times with the uh, the Mer- people, they had something called the Old Mother and the Whispering Plague. And those are two things that I think are, are, one's explained in the book and we kind of have it in the game as it is, but the other is something that we haven't quite dealt with yet. So now that Rams uh, Ramsey and Mercia have come out and explained everything to Shane and Rathbone about what's going on, this is when they decide to follow the the, the Merm people to an island. And they don't say what the island is, but they say that there's bones of the old mother there and uh, her, her children. So I'm thinking this is probably going to be Kraken's Fall, just based on how many bones there are out there. And later in the book, we find out that the old mother is a creature whose rib cage is so large, it can actually have a galleon sail through the bones uh easily and come to find out that the the old mother is essentially a kraken and the biggest Kraken in fact the mother of all krakens and the krakens that we have out in the world are actually her babies so anytime you deal with a kraken out in the world that's actually an old mother spawn and they don't really ever go into the whispering plague and i'm thinking that that might be something that we eventually will see in the game now because it's the whispering plague and because it's an ancient evil it's something Something that I think is going to be left for later on when we're dealing with less cursed stuff but one thing that Mercia, Ramsey, Shane, and Rathbone have all kind of discovered is that the magic in this world can definitely be fused to objects and if any of you have been listening to the podcast for a while with the tale of the Sea of Thieves and uh, Captain Flameheart or played the game during the cursed sales you know that there are objects out in the world that will curse you you know Captain Flameheart's canon cursed wanda the the or the the warsmith uh to to create the cursed cannonballs what we have in the game same thing with a lot of the stuff that uh that ramsey and them are dealing with and one of the things that they find out is during the time of the ancient ones and the uh or the ancient people the ancient tribes and the merfolk they actually had uh iron chains enchanted chains that they used to sneak up on the on the ancient one or the 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 old the old mother because the old mother would sleep for a long time, and when she woke, she would wake and actually uh, um, eat a lot of the mer people, a lot of the the sea life, and and the mer people were always in fear of this. With the help of the ancient, or with the ancient tribes, they used these magical binding uh, chains, ones that couldn't be, they couldn't, they would last forever, basically. They wouldn't rust and they couldn't break, and they would bind the old mother up so that she would never uh, be able to eat the the merfolk again, and eventually she ended up starving to death. Her babies still live on, and we don't know ever how long they'll they'll actually last. But with them still being out in the world, we do know that uh, that that they are still a main threat for us. So with the old mother dead and the mer people with a new group of pirates and some trust being built, they take the chains back to their ship and then sail back to Thieves Haven. And this is when Rathbone uh, is is probably the most infuriated by Ramsay because uh, he knows that Ramsey is up to something, but Ramsay will not say anything about what he's going to do. He does a bunch of stuff and Mercia helps him and Shane helps kind of like uh, with some of the tinkering but it's mostly Rathbone uh, or mostly Ramsey working on building something and it isn't until he calls a parlay with as many of the big crews from the Sea of Thieves to uh, the outpost to to be able to to Golden Sands outpost to be able to kind of explain what's going to happen and it's at that moment that you find out Rathbone's true nature his true desire and it, it kind of explains itself. So with Ramsey taking, uh, all of these things, this, this chains that he's been working on with Mercia's help to the outpost, uh, all the crews are there gathered and they're waiting to find out what Ramsey has in store. And Ramsey puts it very plainly. He says that he's willing to, uh, forgive the, the crew that stole his stuff at Thieves' Haven and explain that he has hundreds more gold than that 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 is just a small portion of what he lost and that he has tons of gold uh, stored away on islands All around the Sea of Thieves that people don't know about. And that fortune is is available to anyone. Anyone who's willing to try and, and get open these chests that they brought from their ship. Now, these chests were all handcrafted by Ramsay, and he's made a lot of them. And a lot of it's been crafted from the iron that was used to bind the old mother. The stuff that couldn't be broken, the stuff that couldn't be that wouldn't rust. And with Mercia's help, she's actually helped harness some of the magic that's been in. Sea of Thieves with, this, with these chains to create new cursed chests, like the chest of a thousand grogs and the chest of sorrows. So they bring some of these to the tavern, and they basically say that there are a set of silver keys. And these silver keys are the only things that can actually unlock these chests. But what lies inside are some of the best gold, uh, best pieces of gold, most valued gems in the world of Sea of Thieves, and very highly valued by a lot of the pirates. And he says, if you are Willing to join my alliance, you will all gain access to these chests. You will all be able to use these chests and these keys to secure your plunder. And that we should stop fighting against each other for each other's coin. That if we keep taking each other's coin and losing it and spending it and taking it, that eventually there won't be any coin left for anyone else to plunder. And as a result, the Sea of Thieves will die because piracy will die. And some crews out there are kind of hesitant. There's some that think that that might be a good idea, but there's definitely some out there that are completely against this. In fact, one of the most feared uh, feared pirates out on the seas is um, one that has basically said, he's pretty much said that it's goes against everything that's pirate to partner to do an alliance. It, it, they might as well be a, a, a naval fleet at that point. So the only thing that they can uh, really do is, is go against Ramsey at this point and say, it's not worth it for us to, it's not worth it for us to join your alliance it's not going to do anything for us and as a result we we basically tell you you know there's no way we're actually going to join this alliance some of the other uh groups in the back are pretty kind of they're they're pretty much with this as well too And we come to find out later on why Um, but as Ramsey is explaining this they start to find out that uh, some people are for it some people are against it but it doesn't matter because the outpost is coming under attack and it's coming under attack from one of the children of the uh, of the old mother and this is basically when golden sands is attacked by a kraken and What happens next is is pretty amazing because they all kind of understand what's going on and they all kind of pull together. So the crews that were brought in during the parlay realize that they now have to deal with this Kraken. And this Kraken, uh, when they get out there, is huge it has its giant maw and it has the maws that are on each tentacle but they notice that it is uh got a lot of scars too in fact it's it's only got one eye and the one eye that it does have is what it's basically using to uh try and attack some of the different ships so one of the ships that they are fighting with is actually one of the ones that isn't looking to um it isn't actually looking to partner with the alliance but it does understand that if it doesn't fight this thing then there's going to be some trouble. And what they basically do is they start shooting cannons at this scaly tentacles uh, of the kraken and trying to, to actually get... Uh, some some damage done they realize that there's not much um not much that they they can actually do and this captain Grey Morrow, he he is basically throwing it in in ramsey's face that you know this is like, it doesn't matter what you want we're going to we're going to come out on top as the best pirates. so he's trying his best to kill this Kraken and ramsey is now back with uh is now back with his crew on on the magpie and they're trying to fight this Kraken so uh, graymorrow's ship goes down and now the the Kraken is focused purely on on uh the magpie and as they are uh going after it um the chest of sorrows is one of the tools that uh that um one of the tools that shane has uh planned for because they realize you know cannon fire and gunfire aren't really doing much so he ends up uh shooting a uh or he throw he ends up throwing the chest of sorrows at the maw of one of the tentacles, hoping that what it'll do is it'll start crawling and crying and start filling up the belly of the of the kraken, giving it a stomachache, so it'll leave us alone. And as he throws it, it gets caught in the teeth, and it's trying to chomp down on this. And he realizes that there's not much that can really be done unless he he uh, he he's able to get that that chest eaten by the kraken. So he orders Mercia to shoot him from the cannon. And the cannons themselves are one of Shane's inventions. He's used magic and iron to craft a cannon. That can actually hold any size pirate, uh, and that's actually how we're able to shoot ourselves from there. That's one of the few things uh, that he actually crafted. He also crafted the scope that are put on the eye of reaches, so that we have a way to uh, kind of scope in on on other pirates from in long distances. At least one, uh, at least half the distance of what a, a typical spyglass would give you. Uh, he's also the one that created the music boxes that you'll find in taverns for his grandkids, but they're left in the uh, the taverns' music boxes as well too. So so as this chest is then shoved down the gullet of this this kraken, uh the the ship or the the crew is um gets knocked off or, or gets attacked and it's it's basically down to them sailing away trying to take out this uh take out this kraken and Ramsey has uh, reserved himself to down below deck to work on a thing because he needed time that Shane could buy him to come up with a, with a, a fix for this, this uh, uh, Kraken. And what he ends up doing is he comes up with the first powder keg, and he uses the first powder keg on the one eye, the one good eye of the Kraken. And as he does this, he, he ends up blowing the, the powder keg on the Kraken's eye. The Kraken uh, drops down into the water and is leaving uh, as it leaves a, a pool of black ink in the water. And as he's leaving, one of the tentacles is coming down and retracting from the magpie. It lands on Ramsay's leg and crushes it, leaving him pretty wounded and almost drags him off into the ocean. But it's at that moment that Wrathbone uh, actually grabs him and saves him from falling into the ocean. And what happens next is basically Wrathbone's confession to Ramsay. He comes out and says, you know, all of this is your fault. If we had just plundered, none of this would have happened. But you insisted on going out and seeking all these ancient things you you've woken up the Kraken, you've set it on us, and now we're dealing with this on top of the fact that we haven't gotten any gold in a long time. My crew with Stitcher Jim is the one who've been camped out by Smuggler's Bay for this long, stealing and plundering. They're the ones that ransacked Thieves Haven, and I told them to take my stuff as a result just so that you wouldn't grow suspicious. We're going to be the ones that actually tame the seas. We're going to be the ones that take all the gold. You're going to die here, and you're never going to see your wife again. And Ramsey is in Infuriated by this because he just he's now realized that Rathbone has been set against him for so long without his knowledge and Rathbone is blaming Ramsey for not keeping him in the loop and not listening to Ramsey or Rathbone about not getting treasure and being selfish about it and they're both in the wrong to an extent on that part you know he should have been more open and listened to his crew and Rathbone should have been more uh, uh, more uh, honest and talked with uh, with Ramsey about all of this before degrading to theft. Uh, and betrayal. So at this point he drops uh, Ramsey into the water but not without stealing the gold or the silver keys that he had around his neck. The ones that would open the chests. He's basically taken all of the all of the power from Ramsey to to get his fortune and Ramsey has no way to get his fortune back as a result. But that's not the only thing he takes. He also takes a black diamond set ring uh, which was Ramsey's wedding band. The band that he had for his wife. The one piece of thing that he had that reminded me, reminded him of his home outside of the Sea of Thieves. Now that Rathbone is on his own, he he drops Ramsay into the water and makes it away. Ramsey is basically dead at that point as far as Rathbone is concerned. He has a broken leg, is completely tired, and just lost all will to live uh, now that he's lost his wedding band and the keys to his fortune. And Rathbone takes that moment to kind of empower Stitcher Jim and give them the first keys to become the gold hoarders is what they started calling them, because all of these uh, chests that were Ramses Rathbone would tell uh, his crew, the Stitcher Jim's crews, where these chests were, and he would hand out keys to representatives to let them know, this is how you get the treasure, bring it back to me. And they did so. And Ramsey, uh, or excuse me, Rathbone would take a lot of this treasure back out of the Sea of Thieves, and he remembered that a lot of the gold that they have there is a lot harder to get in the real world. So what would normally be be uh, pittance in the Sea of Thieves is a fortune in the in the real world. And he ends up building up his empire, his Gold Hoarder uh, faction, becoming their own trade company and having, having representatives. Now, a lot of the representatives in the Gold Hoarder faction started becoming their own kind of independent agents. They would always pay tribute to Rathbone, but for the most part, they were kind of dealing with stuff on their own. And it wasn't until he found out that uh, the, the pirate crews that were going out digging up Ramsey's treasure and opening the chests started getting approached by other pirates, asking them to open up that treasure as well, too, which is how the, the foundation for the gold hoarders came to be. Now, with Rathbone going on in time, it's it had been about 20 years since the incident at Golden Sands. And Rathbone hears about this treasure that's more treasure than he ever anticipated, hidden on an island in the Sea of Thieves. And as greedy as he is, he decides that he wants to go get it for himself. So he takes a sloop and he tries to navigate through the Devil's Shroud. And there's a few times where he thinks he's not going to quite make it because he hasn't sailed in a while and he hasn't sailed a sloop through the devil's shroud in a long time. So he makes it through it back into the Sea of Thieves and eventually finds this island and as he's digging down into this island he finds that there is secret passages and he makes his way through the secret passages to the point where he finds a cavern. Uh, this cavern has a large vast hole, a chasm between it and there's, he makes it across there and he finds all this treasure and he starts trying to take all this treasure back with him, back to Uh, Back to his ship And as he's digging, he's he's spending time and he doesn't realize like he's he's starting to turn gold basically. He's starting to touch some of the cursed gold that was in there and causing his himself to get uh turned into the, the thing that he loves the most. And that's when you start to realize that this is the point when Wrathbone is no longer consumed by normal things like food or sleep, things like that. He's starting to live the life of nothing but gold. And the temptation is too great and his greed is too strong for him to give up any coin that he could possibly have. So as he's starting to take some of this gold, he starts dumping anything that he might not need off of his sloop for the sake of being able to hold as much treasure as possible. And now his arm is is turning to gold. He's starting to lose function in it and he can't use it the way he normally would. It's just becoming a big lump of gold at this point. And he starts to sail out alone. And that's when he starts to realize that he's being ambushed because a couple of uh, large galleons with red flags and red sails come out and he's approached by their captain and come to find out that it's actually uh his old crew mercia and them coming to basically bait him into the situation so now they have rathbone cursed and they end up dropping a bunch of barrels around a ship and saying you know you can you can surrender and give up your gold and we'll let you live as a prisoner or you can die now and he chooses to die so they blow up his uh sloop and he sinks to the bottom and that's kind of the end of rathbone but that's not the end of him that's just the beginning of the gold hoarder because down at the bottom of the ocean he's stuck there and now that he's not really uh now that he's cursed he doesn't really feel the need for food or water it doesn't really consume him anyway and as he sits down at the bottom he he takes a long time and, it, and it's told by Ramsey later on after Ramsey comes back uh he has that griffin leg peg leg now and he's using a crutch and it's been a long time since he's met with Rathbone but now that he has his alliance and now that the alliance is thriving and taking over the sea of thieves he realizes that other crews that are set against that that way of living know not to really mess with the alliance because the alliance is uh just one part and if you attack one part you get all of it ramsey sets out after baiting rathbone to this uh to this area and dooming him to this cursed treasure uh he comes out and he confronts ram or uh, rathbone or the gold hoarder. And he basically throws it in his face that, you know, his greed was his undoing. And the reason he's cursed, uh, is, is for, for a lot more reasons than just the gold that he touched. And that's when we find out that the gold hoarder is, uh, turned to, turned to, turned to a skeleton because he spent a long time down at the bottom of the ocean. He was probably, uh, a lot of his flesh, you know, fell away and, yeah, you know, was probably eaten from other animals, but the curse lived on, and his and he was able to start commanding crews of the of the uh, undead to gather treasure for him, and that's when he started to replace parts of his body with uh, gemstones, with with gold stones, with uh, you know he had a gold shovel and stuff. So it's it's interesting to find out that his own undoing and his own eventual curse was as a result of his betrayal uh, and, and selfishness, um, thanks to to Ramsay and his his desire to secure his treasure and find magical means to to uh, to bind together uh, his treasure and to bring other people together instead of just fighting everyone constantly and taking everyone's gold. Ramsey goes on and becomes uh, the pirate legend that he wanted to be it's never said whether or not he actually makes it back to the uh, the regular world but at some point we we do kind of assume that that is what happens uh, because at some point he must have met up with his wife and he must have actually uh, had his kids uh, Lissetti and DeMarco because they are they are the Pirate Lords uh, uh, kids and the kids aren't that old we're, we're talking maybe like 30 35 years uh, in the comics um, actually I'm not even sure if it says in the comics i'll have to go look at that because i can't remember if it does mention in their bios if they are uh if they're in their 30s or not we do know that at some point uh ramsey makes it back and to his wife at some point and uh has kids and his kids are now searching for his treasure in the comic books so with uh with this, it, it ends Ramsey's story at the end of the book um, talking about kind of what what his dream for Sea of Thieves was. And we find out, thanks to uh, Lorena, who I, I haven't even talked about her story during all of this, but his story ends in the Athena's Fortune Tavern uh, with Athena's fortune being the ship that he sailed um, that gave him his, uh, his fortune, basically, with the Alliance. And the reason he even has the tavern is because he realized two things. Uh, To be a pirate, you have to be on the seas and you have to go out there and have good adventures. But there's no point in having those adventures if you can't regale people with them in a tavern. You can't tell the tale and and share it with other people unless you're actually at a tavern or or with other folks. And having a tavern gave people a place to come to actually talk about their stories and share their tales of of their adventures on the Sea of Thieves. So he decided to do two things. He took his uh, final journey out to... um, um, tell Rathbone that he was, or the gold hoarder, that he was retiring and that his gold and uh, misery would be his own and... Um that the uh, the gold hoarders would go on to become independent as their own faction still hanging on to those keys those those silver skeleton keys that opened up the chests that ramsey built uh to hold the treasure that he he had gained long ago and the tavern is now the pirate legend tavern below the uh, taverns and thanks to larina we find out that um that ramsey has basically set up a place where he has has been able to live on past life and thanks to a Reaper's Mark necklace that Mercia found and figured out what the treasure was, she gave it to him and told him to wear it, and he did. And as a result, before the ferry of the Damned came, uh, we we realized that um, we realized that the uh, that the the the, the that Ramsey died at some point, and him and his crew are now some of the people that are down in the tavern. Uh, we don't know specifically who or where, but we do know that some of the the legends that are in the tavern are all there for a reason. And Ramsay has set up this place to welcome new legends because he's realized that as he retired, it's time to give the Sea of Thieves a new pirate lord, a new legend. And anyone that that deems himself a a lord or a, a legend in their own right with their own story can visit the tavern. And actually, have a place to talk about their tales, and he's decided that he will give uh, voyages out that are far better than anything that any of the other trade companies could ever offer. So some of the best treasure you can find, which is why we still have some of the Athena's chests. And it's at the very end when we realize that Lorena, through her adventures, has come upon the black diamond set ring, the the wedding band, and he actually, she actually ends up giving it back to the uh, the pirate lord. And as she's leaving. The legendary tavern with promises to come back when she's a proper legend. Uh, We find out why why Athena's fortune is called Athena's fortune, and it's because we find out that his wife is Athena maybe not the Athena, but an Athena nonetheless. And that Ramsay uh, named his ship after her and the tavern after her, which is just a really great story. So it's interesting looking at this to find out a lot of things. That uh, the reason the mer people are friendly to us is because of Mercia uh, with the gold, with the with the pearl earrings talking to them. The reason we have Krakens is because of Ramsey stealing the chains from the old mother and awakening the babies of uh, the old mother. That we still don't know what the Whispering Plague is all about. And that um, the reason the gold hoarder exists, the reason why the gold hoarder is out there trying to steal our treasure uh, is because of Rathbone. And him betraying Ramsey. So they're completely connected. And that we find out that Stitcher Jim's uh, uh, talks about his master in the Devil's Shroud when he was around. And that the Devil, that he ended up partnering with Captain Morrow in the Devil's Roar because they found uh, once the Shroud had actually been, um, once the Shroud had been pushed away, that the outpost was able to be established out there. Captain Morrow's Outpost or Morrow's Outpost. And Stitcher Jim found out that there was a lot of treasure to be had out there. And he Found, about, found out about the box of mysterious secrets and found out that that's something that would be very valuable to the gold hoarder, his master and it's hinted out that his, his master was the original founder of the gold hoarders. And that's something that, uh, even the gold hoarder in Morrow's outpost talks about how Stitcher Jim was a gold hoarder at one, one time. He even has the, the key tattoo on his hand, uh, to represent his, his affiliation with the gold hoarders. Now it seems like a lot of the gold hoarders, because to me, it, that, that instantly makes me not want to, not want to support the gold hoarders. I, when reading this, I was infuriated by, uh, by Rams or Rathbone and I wanted to completely cut myself off from the 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 gold hoarders. I realized I was like, man, I don't want to have to turn in another chest to these guys. I don't support this at all. I can't believe they did that to Ramsey. I can't believe these guys are just trying to get gold for themselves. Those are Ramsey's keys. That's his fortune that they're stealing and we're just getting a cut of it. And then I started to think more about it and I started to think that the that the that the treasure that they're getting is Ramsey's, but ramsey has uh come out and told Lorena that he wants new pirate legends to come out and new pirate legends to to become uh, uh to be able to come down into the tavern so he's giving away his treasure and that kind of that kind of made me feel a little bit better about the idea of going out and digging up his treasure and we find out that a lot of the treasure that's stolen from Ramsey is actually the stuff from uh the 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 crews that were set against him and the way that the uh actually I'm going to pause real quick and I'm going to start another one because it's been already a fair amount of time that I've been talking. So quick break. Okay. Little, little musical interlude just to give, just to give you guys a little bit of a break in case you needed to stop. But the, the, the book really kind of sets in stone that the, uh, that the, the cursed crews are crews that have been cursed. Um, because they were working for the gold hoarder and those crews for whatever reason have come in contact with some of the the cursed items out in the world that have set them in on a path to become skeleton lords and the skeleton lords are the ones that we go out and hunt as a result of the order of souls uh bounties that are given to us and once we kill the skeletons uh with the skeleton lords we bring their skulls back and then through the magic through through the uh the the sooth thing of the order souls they derive some of the memories from some of the the skeleton lords on where they buried some of ramsey's treasure and then they write those down and sell the contracts to the gold hoarders and then the gold hoarders sell those contracts to pirates to go out and retrieve some of this gold and now this gold is then being brought back to the gold hoarders who are now their own independent faction, broken away from the gold hoarder in himself. Because in the story with uh, Lorena, we find out that she eventually, gosh, it's its hard to go into that without without skipping ahead a lot. Because I, I do kind of want to take take some time to talk about Lorena and her, her tale, because her tale is kind of an interesting one. Uh, kind of, represents a lot of some of the stuff that we've done. Um, so I think I might hold off on that for the moment. But basically we find out that the gold hoarders are uh, solely working on um, on the on the information given by the Order of Souls from the Skeleton Lords that they find out about, the, the cursed captains that are out in the world that we have to go kill to bring their skulls back. And the Merchant Alliance is just kind of their own faction, their they're own trading company. They, they find goods and stuff that are used to sell for a lot more gold outside of the shroud and they need us to help kind of gather up some of those supplies and bring them um at a, at a at a regular interval so uh kind of interesting that they're the one kind of independent group out there that has no affiliation with any of the other trade companies okay so i just took a look at the time um this episode's already going a lot longer than i thought it would and i've just barely covered maybe half of the book's worth of content that i wanted to talk about and it didn't even really go into that many details uh and 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 so as a result, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to do this as kind of a part one, uh, since it focused more heavily on Ramsey's story of the magpie and Rathbone and the Gold Hoarder. And then what I'll, I'll kind of want to do next episode is uh, cover the news and they're gonna try and work on another episode that talks about the 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 second half of this book the Lorena Lorena section with um with a Hyde and uh, Ned and um, Faisal uh, who are his who are her crew and how she came into the sea of thieves met them and went on her first voyage it's really great to to find out her story um, although I would definitely say it's the the not necessarily elite less interesting but it doesn't really it it ties in on its own uh, towards the end of the story. And and it kind of dives into the lore aspect of the story towards the end of the, the book. And that's when it really kind of gets good, especially with the, uh, the very ending. But there's some stuff in there that I want to talk about, and I want to take some time. Um, I'm going to do a little more digging, see if I can grab some quotes and make sure I have my names and stuff straight. But uh, after some verification, I found out that there's some stuff in this book that... We have yet to find out in the game, and the game is supposed to be set shortly after, maybe like a, uh shortly after the the book, not not too long, but a fair amount of time afterwards. Enough to where the kids were, the kids of the pirate lord were actually able to grow up, which is why we're having the arena with Demarco, because we finally get to see Demarco in the Sea of Thieves. We're not sure where he's been. We know we've we know that he's been in the world at somewhere, and that he's been uh he's been to it before we got there, and. As a result, he uh, he and Lassetti are, are eventually going to make it into the game. We're going to find out more about that, but he's the first introduction of the Pirate Lords' kids uh, with with the arena and the Sea Dog uh, group, which is, is going to be great because I can't wait to find out more about the Sea Dogs and their their um, cosmetics. I think their cosmetics are some of the best. But there's some parts about the uh, in the book that um, have islands that have uh, uh, things in there that are not in Sea of Thieves yet. And um, as I'm reading this one of the main things that I really noticed that I I enjoyed about this book was the liveliness of the world. Um, Every time they went to a tavern, it was always really interesting to uh, think about like how there were a bunch of pirates in the, in the taverns, talking, drinking, playing card games, you know, getting in brawls, making alliances, breaking alliances, stealing, all this stuff that you, you would see in like a, in, in most of the, most of the actual, Movies for see for 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 pirate movies. You know, you always have those big pirate brawls in in taverns, and that's definitely one thing that's that's uh, missing in the game. And I and I think that the main attribution uh, to that is the way that the game is designed. The game is designed to have these big, vast uh, server-based islands with information on them. And the ships themselves are massive. Uh, the sloops, the galleons, the, the brigs, they, they take a lot of resources uh, to maintain, like how much damage they have, uh, supplies, uh, cosmetics, you know, just little details on them as well, too. Uh, not including like the little scrapes, the sails, all that stuff. Everything about the ship is a lot more complex than the pirates themselves. So, as far as resources go, this game is uh, sucked up with a lot of resources for the ship for the islands, for the AI threats, uh, all of that takes away from being able to have things like mirrors. Uh, Mirrors would require uh, the game to actually reflect the opposite uh, or or like an entire world in and of itself. Like you, you, you would have to have a mirror that reflects the entire world to uh, be able to put that in there. And that's just too much of a resource. Um, Same reason why the, the reflections on the water don't show figureheads. They show, they show the paint and they show the shape of the ship, but the, the water doesn't actually reflect figureheads. It's just a resource thing. Um, So with the tavern, i think that it's it's always been one of those Goals, and I know that's something that Captain Jay from the Crow's Nest and I have have wanted for a while is a is a social gathering area, and I think that the I think that with the game splitting, having it fork off into two different paths with the arena and with the adventure mode, we're going to be getting the Sea Dog Tavern, and the Sea Dog Tavern is going to be something that is is in the world of Sea of Thieves, but it's going to be exclusive to Arena mode, and Arena mode is going to be that that social gathering place where pirates can all go and they can all talk and they can all uh make bargains they can make deals they can uh, make alliances through there and they can go into the arena with those alliances uh preset they can make those bargains and deals outside of it and those bargains and deals can always be broken and i think that's where we're going to get that that kind of like uh um feeling of like that Tortuga style world where we have just pirates getting drunk and throwing up on each other and other ones fighting in the corner and shooting each other and other ones yelling or dancing or singing. You know, we're going to have a lot of pirates hopping around in, in Sea Dog Tavern, I'm sure. And that's where we're going to have kind of that cool experience where it's its it's its own thing. And as its its own thing, you have that feeling of uh, that intimacy with having a lot of people who are all of the same mindset or all the same pirate style getting uh, Getting in there and getting their hands dirty uh, to to try and find out who's going to be the best crew, who's going to come out on top in the arena to find out, uh, you know, like who the better pirates are, you know, not necessarily the ones that can kill each other, but sometimes the ones that can steal the treasure the best or dig up the treasure the fastest and get away from the other crews. And as we get into the new year, well... As we get into the new year, it's already it's already the new year. Now with the new year in place, with 2019, with the arena coming, uh, I did want to just kind of reaffirm what the arena is for you because I think this is going to be something that a lot of people are going to be excited for. I think it's going to do a great deal of uh, a boon to the game. I think it's going to bring a lot of people back who didn't always have time to sail. Uh, one of the problems with the game has always been that it takes a couple hours to get much done in the game. In fact, it's one of those things where some people actually... Put a lot of effort and time to find out how much you can get done in say like an hour but with the arena it's a condensed version you you get into the arena you have a small section of the world say like one sea uh, like the shores of plenty or the isles or the wilds you have a small section of it you start off with a fair amount of supplies from what they've what they've talked about and every crew in there has the same voyages the same maps the same treasure to get and it's down to whoever can get to the treasure the fastest Or defend it the best or steal it the best and sink the other crews to be able to get as much treasure turned in because treasure is never your treasure your treasure is only your treasure after you turn it in so it's free game for anyone and with these smaller play sessions it's going to allow everyone an opportunity to still earn gold to still earn cosmetics and all of that will be accessible in both modes so anything you earn or use in the arena is the same stuff that you can use and earn in the adventure mode And it's never going to be one thing where it feels exclusive. Like you have to play arena to to get these cosmetics, but you'll only be able to use them in the arena. You'll be able to use them on both sides because the world is still the same. It's just because of the way the game needs to be built, they're splitting it at the beginning of the title screen so that you can make that choice instead of having to jump into Sea of Thieves and try and deal with Krakens, Megs, Cursed sailed ships just to get to the Sea Dog Tavern, depending on where you spawn in on, just so that you can queue up into the arena. Uh, It makes it a lot simpler for you to be able to jump into that mode, get going right away. So I love that that's something that's coming to the game, and I think it's going to help a lot with a lot of the fears that are currently brewing in some of the older communities around Sea of Thieves. Uh, There's been a large influx of players, and I want to talk about that on Sunday for the next episode because. Uh, A lot of you know my my feelings on this, but I do want to address um, with the with the holidays and the sales have been going on. A lot of new pirates are coming into the world and there's some things that I think need to be addressed. Uh, so that we're all kind of on the same page, at least anyone that listens to this and picks it up for the first time. So next episode that'll be out on Monday is going to talk about uh, the, the recent influx of players. Uh, some more of, of the popularity that's been gained through streaming and getting back to the basics uh, for Sea of Thieves. Getting back to what brought us in and what you should be paying attention to and how we may have been just a little too lax. In recent times, and we need to kind of shore up that slack, and maybe pay a little more attention to things on the horizon. Make some make some better judgments, uh, especially if you're running a community. How you can protect your members, uh, make sure that that's something that you're constantly doing. Maybe maybe be a little more selective in what's going on, or vetting, I should say, is a better process. So that's something that I'm going to talk about later on uh, for this episode. Again, this is just part one for the Thieves Athena's Fortune. I, I'm going to be diving into Lorena story next time. I'm going to try and put that out as a supplemental podcast that will be separate from the regular series of news and stories. And then next weekend, I'm going to go ahead and cover the original, uh, the kind of news, what's going on. I know the crew is uh, getting back into the studio's tomorrow so or today technically if you're listening to this they should be back uh, which is why I wanted to get this out by Wednesday for sure it's just taking me a lot longer to get through the book to get some notes written down about it and to try and figure out how the heck you do a book report in 2019 when you haven't done it for 20 years so pirates I hope you enjoyed this Uh, let me know your feelings on it if you if you're listening to it if you're holding off on this and you're listening to this later I'm sorry if anything wasn't relevant or something has come out that has has, as kind of influenced some of the the stuff that i talked about um whether or not it be for future sake or, or anything like that but i tried to want to keep this just just about the book so i'll see you guys uh next monday for a next regular episode of keel halt podcast thank you i love you and i look forward to sailing with you on the sea of thieves